Hey everyone, welcome to Creepy Inquiries. A podcast dedicated to all things... <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Creepy Inquiries. A podcast dedicated to all things creepy, spoopy, and true crimey. With your hosts, Miss... Kevin. And Edie. Your friendly neighborhood queers. Let's die. Yay! This is episode 15. Welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time joining us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Creepy Inquiries, and we... Do you hear? Somebody... Oh, God, God, God. Something in the water? Just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water. It's an... Oh, no! I'm chomping your toes. That's right. Queer back, episode 15. Welcome back, Edie. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. This is, the, this is the third summonings, so you know what that means. I'm here forever. Yeah, I think you're yeah. your fabric of podcast now. You've been woven, woven in. We summoned you on five ten, and now fifteen. Uh huh. And uh, and I think we are going to be fucked if we start hearing Harry Belafonte playing in the background somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Shake, shake, senora. Yeah. Shake mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Michael Keatoning all over your house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. You, I just, I love it when you're on. Me and Kevin have a wonderful show alone, of course. However, mm-hmm. I love, I love when you join us and I'm so excited for you to be here. Oh, thank you so much. I love to be here. I love every second of every moment of every nanosecond of every nano moment. Ah, well, we we have got you back for a good episode uh, again. I mean, we don't make bad episodes, but this one's especially good. And we do know that because, um, (laughs) as you know, um, the first time we recorded episode 15, uh, we were all in Mrs. uh, Apartment townhouse sort of situ treehouse situation and i think we all kind of got really excited about being <sighs> together in the same room yeah. yeah and i think we screeched the audio out of existence we ruined it 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 did not tra- it did not record well what it was was Me. we had all three microphones in the room and mm-hmm. we're also like podcasting novices and we didn't double check that our levels were on or like mm. our level sounded good before we started just going means, into the episode. So yeah. No, yeah, yeah, just volume so and feedback. We certainly didn't and, check it. Yeah, no. no, we <laughs> fucked around, played and fast and loose. We found out. out. We found out. Officially found out. Next time, maybe we'll lessen the amount of uh, tech in the room. Yes. Maybe, maybe go down to two, two mics and a and a single laptop. Maybe. Yeah, we watch really a YouTube video or two yeah, first. Maybe do a little on bit of research. To. 
<laughs> record a podcast with multiple mics or people in the room. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the first one didn't take, but we are back for the re-record, and it's We're been back. a week later, and yeah, it's the it's same stories. A, it I is. I don't but, remember but, it. Yeah, it was a me, week ago. Yeah, this is Miss. She has no working memory on this side. Mm, so, mm. I mean, I'm the one telling the story and it's going to be, it's going to feel new for me too. So I'm really excited. This is when that comes in handy, miss. This is yeah. that one time. It really does. It really we does. We can't remember um, our childhoods. Nope. We can't remember nope. our podcasting history. <laughs> nope. It's all good. No downside. I, I mean, birds of a feather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it really works out f- for the better in this instance because uh, now it's almost as if it's a brand new episode that we haven't all heard yet. Yes. But we really already have. But um, yeah, so like, let's let's talk about something first before we dive in. Yeah. Does anybody have a topic um, du jour? I do. This is mm-hmm. missed. And I know that this is a – I'm going to get serious just for like a second mm-hmm. and because we're a queer podcast. And I know it's supposed to be funny, but there's just a lot going on right now. Um, that's pretty terrible. And I was thinking maybe maybe everyone doesn't know. So just in case you don't, there's a lot of laws being passed right now in our own country that are sort of attacking LGBTQIA plus rights. And a lot of it's targeting children, which is especially disgusting. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, in Texas, the law there now is that... Um, if you uh, have a trans child, that you are committing child abuse. And uh, anyone who is a traditional mandated reporter, teachers, social workers, uh, they are required to report you to the state. And uh, I was reading a story about this family where they have a transgender daughter. I think she's 16. And uh, the mother was laid off from work because she's never hid the fact that she has a transgender daughter. The child was suspended from school and now they are being investigated. The family is being investigated for child abuse. And because the way the law is written, they will be guilty of child abuse, which means if this is not stopped, that child will be removed from her home put into foster care and denied the life affirming care she's been getting for however long uh, in her transition. And I don't know if a lot of people can truly understand how devastating this is, not just on a family, but to this child. Um, I can't actually really understand it. um, Uh But just you have loving parents who see you and respect you as exactly who you are. And now everyone is being punished for it and you're being taken away from the only support system, you know? So if you live in Texas or you know anyone in Texas, um, write, write your legislators, do um, donate to any, uh, the ACLU is, um, putting together a big fight. There's a lot of other um, good agencies that we can put up after in the show notes where we can, you know, take action to help people there, but it's devastating. And then yesterday, I think uh, Iowa became the 11th state to ban all trans uh, athletes from any kind of team sport in private or public K through 12 sports and um, anything to involve with that. And that's, 
I just, I'll never understand it. Um, if you don't have a trans child, trans children playing sports is no threat to them or you or anyone the, else. It's just a child trying to play a sport. And, and their it's, gender, it's never about never. the sports. It's not it's, about, it's not limited to that. It's a dog mm-hmm. whistle for grander Absolutely. participation in society. Absolutely. Uh, it's mostly argued in bad faith. Uh, but it seems on the surface just reasonable enough to get folks enough questioning uh, whether mm-hmm. trans people and especially trans children should be able to participate fully in society with uh, I know, mean with and all of us in our community. Yeah, and I know that um, trans issues especially have sort of been the last thing, the last issue that uh, – as a community, we queer people have sort of left behind and not really put a lot of attention to as a main focus for not individually. I just mean societally and even within queer groups, um, they can be pretty exclusive sometimes. And I think we need to just stop othering each other so much. I just, it's never, it's never going to cause anything. It's never going to do any good. It's never going to, you're just hurting children. And I don't think people can truly understand that. Um, and then again, and then we have Florida and I'm sure you guys, some people may have heard of it, the, uh, don't say don't gay say bill gay. Mm-hmm. where, um, in a school setting that, uh, teachers and educators or anybody in that system, they're refused, uh, they're prohibited, excuse me, from speaking about homosexuality full stop. Like, um, you cannot talk about it in reference to literature in an English class or historical reference in a history class, or, um, you can't talk about someone who you might know be gay. And if a child tells a teacher that they could be gay, then that teacher is mandated to out that child to their family. Um, I didn't know that is wild. I didn't know about that. Um, it hasn't it hasn't passed fully yet. Um, if you're in Florida or you have any way, write your legislators, uh, make your voice be heard. Um, we can always fight back, but it's hard once once the law's already been made. Um, I wish I had more on that. I didn't really come prepared. I just really wanted to to make a comment about it. And again, these are just uh, case studies. This is happening all over the country. Um, and it's happening right now. And, mm-hmm. um, with everything going on in the world, I mean, especially, I mean, we can't not talk about, you know, Ukraine and the horrors that are going on over there. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of this is, is not being focused on and not to say it's more important, but it's happening here and it's affecting the people you love. Um, so just be aware of it. That's all. Absolutely. Sorry. These are no, these <laughs> Sorry are these for are bringing it down. That, no, these <laughs> are things that all of all of us should look more into. Uh, and I have been guilty of scrolling past headlines mm-hmm. about Oh yeah, me too. Particularly the Don't Say Gay Belt mm-hmm. um in Florida. I knew just kind of that much. And uh yeah. so I certainly will myself look more into it and uh, be more active. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, tangentially, I don't know if that's the right word for it, Florida also has passed a law that is limiting abortions to 15 weeks now as well, much like Texas mm-hmm. and a bunch of other states right now too. It's a, yet another... Just another attack. Another attack. Um, yeah, yep. from a different front. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for bringing that up because it's equally as important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's again, it's this. There's so much going on that, like, it's how do you so talk much, about? Yeah, how do you I talk know. about all yeah. of it? That was and like a third like, page story. Was the Florida I know, bill. and it's it's right. all happening at one time, and it's just I don't. Uh, it's so aggressive, and it's mm-hmm. so it's so just seemingly cruel, like for no purpose. There's no legal justification for any of these laws. Um, And I think that's, I don't know, that's sort of the most upsetting part. There's nothing, there's no reason at all for any of it at all. Yeah. Taking fundamental rights Mm -hmm. away from, if not you, then people, you know, um, yeah, people you love. It's just, it's, it's creating an environment where yeah. I just feel like we're all going to be all over. We're just all, and I don't mean to sound like an alarmist because sometimes I can, I just mean we are all fighting. We're going to be fighting all over again. Absolutely. And if we oh, don't, yeah. if you don't think it's gonna, if you don't think these kinds of laws are going to come for you, they will. They absolutely they will. will. They will. That's what they're designed to do. They're, you know, it's piecemeal. It's incremental. Mm-hmm. And right. It's, it's it is little by little, and until one day, it's like the White Walkers that- in Game of Thrones, like they're always <laughs> except coming. at the ends, they actually are a formidable enemy and opponent, as opposed to the White Walkers in Game of Thrones, which were, I guess, done. Uh huh. In one fell swoop, just done. Just done with one little stabby stab. Yes. I don't, I've blocked it out. I've it's, blocked out the finale. I've that, blocked it out. That show is a prime example of how a terrible series finale can negate any clout and any pop culture ness, zeitgeistiness. This prequel, really? I couldn't give oh, less yeah. of a shit. I don't care. I don't care about this prequel. I don't care about it. Me neither. I'm I didn't, lightening I didn't it up know there was with a the game. I, I, there is, and uh, Matt Smith's in it, and who gives a fuck? I don't know them. He was a Doctor Who. He was a Doctor Who. Great. <laughs> I, well, look, he well, was that's a Doctor nice. Who. But yeah, we no, we have no. You know, I don't no. know pop culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> um. But yeah, we can end we can end this segment. I know that's not what we do here, but thanks for listening. If you skip through, thanks anyway. Um, yeah, no, we should definitely get into the story because it's a little bit of fun. Oh. Yay! Ooh, a little fun. I love a little fun. Is it like victimless yes. crime? Um, no, unfortunately. No. <laughs> but it's it's um, stupidity at its finest. <laughs> Delightful. Oh, I forgot how much I like this story. Okay. Yay. So let's go on a journey. In doing what I do, I read a lot of lawsuits. Um, Edie, as I'm sure you know, most are fine. Um, some are just outrageous because of the audacity 
Some are frivolous and sometimes you get a real gem that's hilarious. But usually my problem is, is that I think they're funny and that other legal people think they're funny. But Mm -hmm. um, regular humans do not usually share the sentiment. But here, I think I found one that everyone, everyone can really appreciate. Not only. Okay. Yeah. Not only for its audacity, but for its hilarity and just tomfoolery. Yeah, it's fun for the whole family. It's fun for the whole family. Um, Except this beginning part. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Everything after that is like, is like, it's going to be a funny movie. But on September 10th, 2009, Michael Curtis was found dead at the Carriage Manor Inn on East Colfax Avenue in Aurora, Colorado. He was beaten and stabbed multiple times, including in the neck. Less than 24 hours later, Aurora police offered a $1,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of Shane Miller. And that's S-H-A-Y-N-E. Okay. Shane. I'm not saying anything about that. But the police were interested. Yeah. Well, the police were interested in Shane with a Y because um, a dead man was found in a hotel room he rented under his real name. Great. Yeah, so um, there were a ton of news articles about this case, but all of them were pretty light on the details of the actual murder. And you're going to see why later, but that's mm-hmm. why this part is is pretty, it's pretty slim. I couldn't find too much about it. But from what I could gather, Shane Miller and another man, Jesse Dimmick, lured Michael Curtis to the motel for a drug deal, intending to rob him of his drugs and money. During the robbery, things must have gone south because Jesse beat and stabbed Michael to death, setting off a two-day crime spree. You know, Um, sometimes people get mad. Sometimes people get mad. And and listen, I, I all I'm trying to do is steal all your drugs and money. That's I don't understand it. why you're making this so difficult for me. That's all. Why are you making this so hard for me? Okay. You just have too stabbable a neck. Yeah. yeah and you know, you. You, you have all Some of this and have I have none of neck. this. Yeah. You have all of that drugs and I have none of the drugs and, and only enough money for a little bit of drugs. So <laughs> stab neck. Stabby stab, stab. Drugs. stab. Um, but yeah, so after after the murder, um, Dimmick and Miller split up. And and we'll touch on it a little bit later. I don't think um Miller, Shane Miller was involved in any way with the murdering. And I do not think that that was their there was no plan or conspiracy to commit that murder. There was one after the fact to not do anything but i think shane miller and i think based on his sentence um later i don't think that there was um that he was charged for that okay but Mm. uh little synchronicity though they they both separately stole cars and fled to kansas in the same direction without knowing that they were going in the same direction think alike just like okay we're gonna split up go in opposite directions except they never told the other where they were going so they just i mean i guess it could it couldn't have been at the exact same time but i'm picturing it at the exact same time absolutely they just like go to the same cvs and steal a car out of the parking lot and they're just like I'm going to take this way to the highway, but I'm going to take that way to the highway. And then they yes. go on to the highway together. That's what's going yes. on up top. But yeah, so that's really, that's mostly it for the murder. Now we're going on to part two. Um, and that's called 
high-speed chase kidnapping arrest. That's a trifecta. (laughs) Yeah. It really is. There it is. On September 12th, 2009, Frank Kubiak and his wife planned to attend a fundraiser in Junction City, Kansas. He said that he had started their minivan, pulled it out of the garage, and parked it uh, on the driveway so he could go inside and tell his wife that it was time to go. When Frank and his wife came outside, the minivan was gone. What? (gasps) No! Yeah. Yeah. Frank. Yeah. (laughs) They had no idea what happened, so they called the police and reported the minivan stolen. But don't worry, Officer Tony Holt of the Geary County Sheriff's Department um, spotted the Kubiak's minivan a while later and turned on his emergency lights. Mm -hmm. Instead of stopping, the minivan began speeding up. Can you imagine? Um, He followed the minivan through Riley County and Wabanansi County. Apologies. And then around 9 a.m., officers saw the minivan drive through a K-dot barbed wire fence line down a ditch and into the eastbound lane of I-70 where it continued traveling. And multiple officers guessed the speed to be around 110 miles an hour, which I think is the scariest speed a minivan can go. (laughs) Really testing the limits of that Honda Odyssey. Really? That kid needed to pee. Like, listen, I know my my sister-in-law has a pretty great minivan. It's really tricked out and it's nice. But the idea of like being on a highway just it's 9 a.m. I, I think it was a weekend, but just you're going out for a little weekend breakfast and you see a minivan going 110 miles an hour. Well, oh my God. on the highway in Kansas? Yeah. Do you remember when Oh, we that's true. Do you remember? It was like drove. 80 miles an hour. So it must be just all relative yes. because the minimum was like 80 miles an hour in it some spots. It was only 30 you miles above the speed limit. nuts on the highway in Kansas. There's yeah. nothing to hit. No. Kansas caused me to hallucinate uh-huh. driving driving on that flat road with those corn mazes. There's children. I could see with my eyes children running at speed along. There's a colonial woman churning butter on the wing <laughs> of the plane. Exactly, there are exactly things that are telling us. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> we gotta pull over. <laughs> Frank is just furious yeah. at his wife. Frank, mm. Lorraine, we could have been in Junction City this is been with the rest of the Chamber of Commerce if you were just on goddamn time with their makeup. Well, John, it's a charity breakfast, all right? I'm not going looking like I just got out of bed. I'm sorry you, you know. had to get the van. I, I didn't tell you to get the van out of the garage. It was I said I was going to be ready in five minutes. You got the van out of the garage. It's the not me. Getting the van out of the garage and parking it in the driveway. It's passive and then aggressive, going back. John. We've yes. talked about it. We've it's talked about so it. It's so passive aggressive. I thought it was really strange. Yeah, to it's get weird. The car but, out yeah. of the garage to park it to then go back inside to get your it's wife to come true. back outside. Yeah. But a little before 9 a.m., multiple agencies uh, worked together to figure out, you know, the direction they assumed the staying minivan was going in and laid down stop strips or spike strips. Mm. Um, a little before 9 a.m., police found an abandoned minivan in the front yard of a home in Dover, Kansas. <laughs> Highway patrol. Very cool to change states, too. Very, very cool to go from Colorado to Kansas. Super cool. Let's make it federal. Let's make it federal. Absolute genius. Totally. (laughs) Perfect. Love it. Go big or go Uh, home. Let's get Mm -hmm. the FBI in here. 
it's it's going to make lose, it better. Lose big. Lose huge. Yeah. Highway Patrol Lieutenant Dan McCollum requested canine teams from both the Shawnee County Sheriff and the Topeka Police Departments to assist in the search. Officers quickly determined that Dimmick had gone inside the house where the minivan was abandoned. So mm-hmm. whosever yard that was, they surmised that he had gone into that house. And Kansas Sharp detective high- skills, yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, they had two canines to really cement that for them. Mm-hmm. Kansas Highway Patrol Major Mark Goodlow arrived and set up a, quote, command post yes. at a nearby church. They were so fucking excited to set God, up. They were they so excited. a good command post. Yeah, there was, uh, listen, you're going to see how excited they were. At Highway Patrol's request, Shawnee County's Sheriff's Department sent a SWAT team to the house. Uh, Major Goodlow then met with supervisors from Shawnee County Sheriff's Department and Topeka Police Department to brief them on the, quote, operation. Yes. Everybody's involved. Multiple counties. Everybody's it's an operation. So There's a command post. Everybody has all their tallest Get hats on. Horn. Get everyone out here. Uh, everybody's on the horn. This is what we trained for. This church. <laughs> this is what we trained for. church, get them out. <laughs> This is, and everyone, this is why we need to refund the police because they yeah. need all mm-hmm. of this military style equipment so that they can have fun LARPing operations. No, and that's what this is because, a church. And you're going to see how much of a LARP it is and how not real it was um, in a few minutes. But um, <laughs> ranking members of those departments also coordinated their intervention teams and of other personnel. So yeah. there's a whole situation going down. <laughs> there's All like right? 50 people involved. There's so much happening. Can we make a situation room? Uh, I think that's a little too excessive there, officer. Let's just but get sir, to the command post. I have three different canine units here. And we <laughs> think that he went into the house where the car crashed. Yeah, we, we think. We have to check with multiple canines. We're not sure we need to confirm No time to confirm. It's going down. It's real crazy out there. The car <laughs> is outside the house. The car's in front of... It's on the front line. It's not even in front of the house. It's on oh the curtilage. <laughs> it's on the curtilage. <laughs> Stupid. All right, Lonards. Lonards, really like five Lonards are going to love it. I know. Five my eyes just rolled. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jared and Lindsay Rowley had just, or Rowley, had just gotten married the week before and were enjoying their first weekends as newlyweds. Around 9.30 a.m., Jared was at his computer when he heard a commotion outside and saw a van go past his window. Wow. He was also he, steamy honeymoon on his computer at 930. <laughs> this is the weekend. They got married the Sunday before, and I believe this was Saturday or Sunday the next week. So he's oh on his God. computer 930 in the morning. A van goes by the window. I mean, like in front of the actual <laughs> house. So he got up to render assistance to what he thought was a car wreck. But then he heard um, four gunshots and thought, well, maybe this isn't just a car wreck. Um, and I think maybe he was right. So four guns. Okay, four. you're Dimmick. You're showing cruising off. Honestly, how cool much? One ten in this minivan. How much stolen drugs fuck. are you on? Yeah, yeah you are flying, flying high. high. I don't even know what it is, but you I think you're having a good time. Outside of this house, nobody will think I went into the house. And literally, so, they couldn't. They couldn't be sure. 
And he just, but why did he, why were there four shots? That's a waste of four shots. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just like for no reason. Did he think that he had to shoot his way out of the van? I just, I hope so. (laughs) It's really interesting. I'm stuck in here. No, and and it's funny that you bring it up because this is, um, it's almost never mentioned. Like I told you, there were so many news reports about it, but not, not really about this part. And even the ones about yeah. this part did not bring up that issue. He, he probably just freaked out. I he think crashed, he, he freaked out. I think he was really high Yeah. on whatever he was doing. And maybe he was celebrating his great. I mean, trip. he's, he's done nothing but great shit. Mm-hmm. Up Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. So Jared tells his wife to run to the basement and hide. Um, as she did, Jared saw Dimmick on the back porch. Dimmick told Jared um, he was on the run from police and offered him $10,000 to hide him. And I don't know where this amount came from, um, from Dimmick or Jared, because later it's referred to as an unspecified amount of money. But Jared told Dimmick to go out next door because there were there were better hiding spots over there. And I just thought, nice. Okay. <laughs> just you know what? Good one, Jared. You know what? Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you're here, but if you really want the best spots, why don't you head next door? They've got all kinds of hiding spots over there. Yeah, they do. They've got a if I was their neighbor and I found this out later, I'd be like, door. hey man, what's this about? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, absolutely. I can, I respect it because he did have his brand new bride hiding downstairs. So well, I can't also like take Dimmick up on his very real offer of 10,000 real dollars that he definitely thousand Absolutely. Dollars. Absolutely. 10,000 real dollars. Will you say doll hairs dollars? or dollars? <laughs> you can't hold me to it. I said no, doll didn't. hairs. And I'm going to stab. Okay. Well, stab you in the neck. And stabby stab. And now we're back to stab stab. Now we're back to neck stabbins. Is Um, that what they call necking? Nice. Excellent. Thank you. Um, But uh, I wrote no dice. Dimmick came inside and locked the door behind him. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Jared later said he was scared because he heard prior gunshots um, and he didn't know if Dimmick actually had a gun, but he didn't want to do anything to escalate the situation, which um, smart. Good job. Yeah. And and here's where I wrote it. As a side note, there's so many news stories and not a single one mentioned the gun. And I know because I read the opinion from the criminal appeal in Kansas, and that is the only time I actually heard this detail. It wasn't in the news. I mean, maybe it was, and I missed it. There's a significant chance that that happened. But in the major the major sites I used, um, it wasn't mentioned. Huh. But um, Dimmick told told Jared that his name was Jay and started asking questions about the other person he saw in the house who he saw go down to the basement. Jared didn't feel like he had a choice because of the the knife that Dimmick was wielding. And so as they headed to the basement, Jared tried to push Dimmick out the garage door, which valiant effort. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Good job. Um, Dimmick looked at him and said, man, you don't want to do this. And he motioned to the knife and Jared said that Dimmick had changed the tone of his voice and sounded like a threat of violence. So just to keep everything level, Jared called for Lindsay and she came out from behind the washing machine where she was hiding. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think um, the rallies really 
they really played it right. They came out and decided that um, they were just going to be best buds. They told him that, you know, they had just gotten married and that, you know, they would absolutely help hide him from the police. They couldn't believe that this was happening to him. All the good stuff. And I really, I think that was the smart move. Oh, yeah. Mm. You go with so, it. You got to go with it. Absolutely. Humanize yourself as much as you can. But they gave him food and clothes in hopes that he wouldn't hurt them. And um, oddly enough, a little while later, the front door rang and uh, Dimmick told Lindsay to answer it. Lindsay later testified that her aunt was at the door and she was just letting Lindsay and Jared know that there was a crashed vehicle in the front yard and that somebody <laughs> just let you know. Yeah, right. I don't know if you saw the huge fucking minivan directly mm-hmm. in your somebody front yard. Somebody could be lurking around, though, if you didn't see that. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay told her aunt that everything was fine at the house, but whispered that Dimmick was inside, and then she closed the door. Lindsay said she didn't run away because she didn't want anything to happen to her and Jared, but Lindsay was able to text her mother that she and Jared were not hurt, but that Dimmick had a knife and that he was alone. Way to go, and, Lindsay. Also, uh, Dimmick should have taken their phones. Oh, absolutely. Number one, he, he bit rookie mistake. He you didn't yeah. take their phones. It makes me think just at how much drugs, it's gotta be a lot because I feel like it's pretty standard operation <laughs> tactic. Yeah, like watch a movie, Dimmick. Yeah. Right. Watch that's, that's what I'm movie. saying. That's what I'm saying. Like You've been around. This can't be, this isn't your first crime. Number one, there was that whole murder. You don't start with murder generally. Yeah, it was, it was special. And I wrote, I'm a little confused here because it seems like there are at least three to four police departments involved. There's a whole command situation. Um, They're just high-fiving each other at the command center. Uh, Apparently SWAT had been sent to the house, but I don't know because the aunt just walked up to the front of the house. And nothing at all indicated that she was some kind of police plan or ruse or, you know, intel. There was none of that. I think she legitimately was walking by the house and saw the crash car and was like, hey, Lindsay, did you see this? (laughs) So I think it's um, I think maybe maybe the police were were trumping up a little bit about where they were and what they were doing. Cause I really so like also super good idea mm. then to give all this money and equipment to police. Yeah, I mean, at least they got using that, it really, really well. It's they're going, doing a really good at job. At least they got really well. that command center set up. Yeah. So they should have gone with the situation room. <laughs> so a neighbor later told the Topeka Capital Journal in September, 2009 that the rallies were frightened, but gained his trust by giving him Cheetos and Dr. Pepper and had some with him while watching Patch Adams. No. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So this is where I mentioned he's like 23. So he's, I mean, he's an adult, but he's, he's kind of still a child. And I mean, mm -hmm. that's the best he could have done. Yeah. And he, he's gotta be on just a lot of drugs. Especially because after he gets his snacks and his soda, he can't. He just gets real tuckered out, and uh, uh, they give him a blanket, and and he just takes a little nap right there on the couch <laughs> with the rallies. We're just we're just blown past nap time, aren't we? <laughs> he has exactly. His Cheetos and his and his Dr. Dr. Pepper. Peppy. And his blankie, and he took a little nap. Honestly, this was the morning. 
this was the morning of September 12th. So I guarantee you it had been, you know, 36 hours since he'd stopped. I'm sure he just started running uh, immediately just and then just kept going, dude, just, just doing about. all, just doing all his drugs. And, and, uh, and he just, he, he gave out. Yeah. He really well, crashed. What I want after a 36 hour bender are it's like a little some snug. Takis, a LaCroix, mm-hmm. and mm. what dreams may come. Mm. Yes. Ooh, what, <laughs> um, after, after 36 hours of um, binge drugs and, and not sleeping, I'd like um, ooh, some, some Doritos mm. and um, like a really, really cold Sprite. I think that would be really good. Uh, great. And what would your uh, Robin Williams vehicle be? Oh, my Robin Williams vehicle. I mean, this is doubtfire while problematic um, could be an option. What do you mean problematic? I, I don't know. That movie's perfect. <laughs> I have and allegedly heard maybe, there's an R-rated version out there somewhere too. There is. There what? definitely is. I've heard that. I just think that Sally Field was Sally completely Field correct was the entire time. She, I, I, it was really reaction. fucked up that, that he in, was yeah. tricking their children. Yes. No, that's so yes. fucked up. It's that so is fucked up. Fucked but also up. from like a not fucked up standpoint, like, oh, how nice. Look at him. Know. He just wanted to be around his kids. But also I'm, from a like not blaming Sally Field like, way, how did you not know that was the your whole husband? time, Sally? The whole, the whole time, time. The whole time. She was so busy hooking up with James Bond and his Mercedes. Yeah. Boinked by the Brosnan. <laughs> she was getting yeah, Brosnan boinked. Get the Brosnan just, boink. But she could not notice that. The woman who was in her house all day, every day, was actually her ex-husband. Yeah. No, she was permanently cross-eyed mm-hmm. from getting laid <laughs> all the time. Walking side to side like Ariana. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> that song makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Wait, which song? Side to side, where she's basically she's talking about getting dick so good she, she can't walk the next day. And... uh the music video takes place on uh, 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 bikes, uh, mm-hmm. spin class, mm-hmm. which I totally get because when you and I did spin class for that one week oh, that we got remember? a Groupon back do like a decade and a half ago. I thought I thought I peed my pants. Yes, at because the, end. the oh, amount no. of my pain. whole situation. And I said, Kevin, am, I, am I peeing my pants? Because I could not tell. Okay. Oh, no. And and I was like, you have you have to look for me. And he did. And he was a trooper. And he goes, you're That's not. friendship. Yeah, That's it really friendship. is. Super and it was public. Sorry. Oh, and I'm thinking of any kind of gay yeah. song that comes to I my mind. I think it was when right when a Lady Gaga <laughs> album came out because I think we went to that like Best Buy and like physically bought a Lady Gaga CD. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it was Born This Way. Was it Born This Way? Yeah. I mean, it was 10 years ago at least. Yeah, so there's uh, there's our spin story. Oh, that's what I love about you. All your sad stories. Sad stories. <laughs> no clue. But regardless, what um we've gotten really off track. Yeah, yeah I, where are we? Right. <laughs> Get us back on track, Miss. <laughs> Dimmick took a nap after. Yeah, we know he took, Dimmick nap took a nap. Dimmick ate all his sneaky snacks, snacky snacks, and uh, so Jared and Lindsay ran out. After he, they were sure he was asleep, and the SWAT team, who was now there, uh, swarmed the house and had Dimmick pinned on the ground in the hallway on his stomach. A sergeant with the Topeka Police Department had a rifle trained on Dimmick, and, quote, 
the sergeant perceived Dimmick to be moving as if to avoid being handcuffed. So no. he stepped on Dimmick's right arm and ordered him to stop, end quote. And as the sergeant did so, his rifle accidentally discharged and shot, My ass. shot Dimmick in the back. <sighs> My ass. You know what? But don't ass. worry. The the sergeant. But don't worry. It's fine because the sergeant immediately requested medical assistance, which was on standby, and they were uh-huh. there within a minute. Uh-huh. And oh, there was just like no real like. Sure, he had a fucked up uh, intestines. Um, I think to this day, um, but like he oh. survived, so he should be thankful. Fuck. Um, and that's um, that's my. Um, opinion. opinion. He was already pinned to the ground. He was on his Yeah, stomach. he was already pinned to the ground. But what happened was... What they say he, happened The sergeant was. perceived Dimmick to be moving as if to avoid being handcuffed. Which yeah, that's literally a classic means fucking nothing. line. It that means that is nothing. a classic line. It means that he was being pinned to the ground and he maybe was just like, I was just taking a nap. Okay. That's all I'm doing. I was taking a nap and now I'm going to throw up all my Cheetos and my and my Dr. Pepper because now I'm on my belly in the hallway. And uh-huh. what? Now you shot me? What was I doing? I was taking a nap. I was taking a nap and nothing else happened. And nothing else <laughs> happened. How nothing dare you? Nothing else happened before that. At Don't my even friend, ask me At it. my best friend's house. My best at my friends. best friend's These house. Are my best you know we're best we friends. My car, my car is parked right in his alternative driveway. Yeah. Yes. Uh, eventually, though, Jesse mm-hmm. Dimmick was sentenced to ten years and eleven months in Kansas for the kidnapping and associated crimes of Jared and Lindsay and the Kubiak and their car. And that is consecutive to 37 years in Colorado for the murder of Michael Curtis. Damn. Okay. Mm. And then Mm -hmm. at sentencing in Kansas for the kidnapping charges, Jesse had this to say, quote, if there's something I've learned is the universe reflects consciousness. I've had a genuine heart change, end quote, which, what do we, which, which says nothing. No. And means What does nothing. that even mean? Go ahead. Tell us what that means, miss. If there is something <laughs> I've learned, is the universe reflects consciousness. Let's break that down. The yes. universe reflects consciousness. What is, does that mean anything? I don't know that it does. The universe reflects consciousness. Is that saying that a genuine the universe heart change. is... Genuine heart change, not a change of heart. You know, it's, Consciousness and all of it, and it's It's the universe, and it's It's consciousness, and it's a heart change. It doesn't. In Colorado, Dimmick and his lawyers tried to argue that he wasn't competent to to understand the court proceedings. Oh, this again. That's a high bar. And last time, and I'm glad we're doing this again, because last time I was incorrect, and I did double check. I said that they did the uh, insanity defense and then the competency, but Edie was correct in Mm -hmm. that. It was competency First, yeah. there is a difference, to, and it all depends on your state what the language is. It's ultimately sort of the same, mm-hmm. but yeah, and the the they kind of, they often go together, but competency has to do with whether you understand the what proceedings. is happening. Yeah, what is happening in the courtroom? Mm-hmm. That there is a that you are charged with a crime. That there right. is a judge there. That, that you there are consequences could, you're facing. Yeah. and um, as we've 
discussed previously in other episodes, whether you're criminally responsible in my mm-hmm. state, it's called not criminally responsible is mm-hmm. your, your yeah, and, uh, and insanity yeah, that's defense. Important. It's whether different. The language is has different. To do, yes. Has to do with whether you, um, at least where I am has to do with whether you can either understand that mm-hmm. the actions that you took were criminal or whether you can conform your conduct to mm-hmm. the law. Right. Yeah, the the law around that is very interesting. It's very high very the, interesting. Very, very high bar to huh. clear. Um very, and you don't convincing. necessarily want to be found not criminally responsible for reason of insanity. Sure. Because no, sometimes it can be it can be a better alternative, but it is still an alternative to a serious um like jail sentence and the alternative isn't always like like it's not just going to be fun uh, or like uh, it means you're no in freedom, a hospital really. no yeah. you're in a no. hospital for the criminally insane as opposed to being in jail and i honestly don't know which one would be better uh, no and depending on where you are yeah. uh you could be in that hospital and depending on your circumstances you could be in that hospital for ever indefinitely during a hearing in 2010 he appeared in adams county colorado court slowly shaking his head from side to side the entire time appealing Mm -hmm. to have an uncontrollable nervous tick i've Mm -hmm. seen this in court before and it's a real fun show Uh uh-huh have any who does he think he is robin williams or something that's that is who who are you patch adams Uh, what is this I've seen it before. It's so obvious. If you're trying to put on a tick, just know everyone around you can can usually tell. Just an FYI. But, you know, A for effort. This ultimately didn't go anywhere, but it did delay his guilty plea until 2013. And by that point, his buddy Shane Miller had already served his four-year sentence and was released on parole before Jesse entered his guilty plea. Oh, wow. Wow. Shane with a Y is, Yeah, Shane with a Y, he had the better lawyer. (laughs) Surf's up. He's out there with his poop shells. Yeah. He's doing his thing. He's really, he he got the best possible outcome here. At sentencing in Colorado, Patricia Haney, who was Curtis's mother, um, our murder victim, she looked at Dimmick while she spoke and she said, I forgive you. My son was not innocent. He suffered from something cruel, but he was not innocent, end quote. And I can appreciate that. But as I wrote, this is a boldly generous stance. Sure, he wasn't innocent in that I guess he was using or selling drugs, but he was brutally beaten and stabbed and then left for dead Mm. for almost nothing. Dimmick had something like $113 on him Mm. when he was found. So if that was my mother, I'd probably have to haunt her uh, for yeah. a little bit because how dare you? But also I don't need to worry about it because like my mom's a real ride or die. So <laughs> wow. she would never. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that definitely went a long way. And then his own grandmother spoke on his behalf to help him out. But, but yeah. And then we get to the part that makes this case famous because like I said, there's almost no information surrounding the murder of Michael Curtis, but what came after this whole thing is really just, uh, okay. Now there are a number of fun civil lawsuits that came out of this whole scenario that we've Uh. just been talking about, Mm -hmm. but the first one on the list 
is the creme de la creme. The rallies decided after a little while to take Dimmick to civil court where they demanded $75,000 for criminal trespass, negative infliction of emotional distress, among other things. I mean, like, all well and good, but, like, Timmy doesn't have 75 grand. I mean, I get it, but, I mean. You're not getting any of that. You're just paying a lawyer to make an expensive point. Like. And he's going to be in prison for what? Minimum 48 years. Years. What is he going to give you money from whatever job he's making a dollar fifty an hour? Dollar and thirty two cents at in the the laundry room, or um, making a lot of Procter and Gamble products. Making phone calls for Michael Bloomberg's presidential campaign, (laughs) perhaps. But yeah, so I don't know. Let's just say, just hypothetically, in a crazy fantasy world, let's say Jesse Dimmick countersued the rallies. What is oh your best fantasy guess as yeah. to why? I think, Kevin, I, think I know. Oh, oh, yeah, yes. No, I think, yeah, I think I, I know, know too. what he would do. Can we uh, get together, I, Evie? Yeah. One, three. two, three. You breach. didn't hide me from the police. Breach of contract. <laughs> breach of contract. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> no, you got it. It's absolutely oh breach God. of contract, y'all. Yes. You told <laughs> um, me you would hide me. Jesse Dimmick made the hi- headlines when he filed pro se a counterclaim against the rallies in uh, alleging breach of contract and and seeking $160,000 to cover hospital bills and $75,000 for pain and suffering resulting from the gunshot wound. His reasoning, breach of contract. He contended that the couple reneged on a legally binding oral contract to hide him for Mm $10,000. Quote, I, the defendant, Asked the rallies to hide me because I feared for my life. I offered the rallies an unspecified amount of money, which they agreed upon, therefore forging a legally binding oral contract. End uh. quote. All of that is false, Edie. Why? Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> why is that all false? <laughs> Here's uh, one. First, the unspecified amount mm-hmm. paired with the seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. He mm-hmm. won. He just said unspecified amount, so that he, he did could which for as much as he wanted. Price is um, one of the actually surprisingly few items in a contract for services yeah. that needs to be established. So saying saying unspecified really hurts hurts his cause. And um, like even more basically than that, like Kevin, mm-hmm. if I ask you to make me a uh, plate of dinner in exchange mm-hmm. for $5. And when I do that, I point to the knife that I have in my belt mm-hmm. and say something like, you don't want to not make me this plate of dinner. You Can know, you feel like you could like comfortably say no? If you want comfortably? to. Comfortably? No. Comfortably. No. Yeah. So that's comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, hashtag duress. Hashtag duress. <laughs> hashtag affirmative defense to breach of contract. But as expected, counsel for the rallies responded, stating that in order for the parties to form a binding contract, there must be a meeting of the minds on all essential terms, including uh-huh. and most specifically an agreement of the price. 
The judge rightly dismissed the claims. Yep. What? Why? <laughs> but Jesse also filed suit against the city of Topeka and the police officer Guy Gardner, seeking damages ranging from three hundred thirty-five thousand to four hundred thirty-five thousand for the shooting during the arrest. I mean, that one um, like much more fair enough. This uh, is like much more just yeah. like you did quote unquote accidentally yeah. shoot him. But yeah, and that's that's mostly the end for Jesse here. Um, there, those were the the suits that he filed. And then there were two suits filed about him because nobody, um, none of those police departments wanted to take responsibility uh, for the shooting to say who was in charge because nobody wanted to pay the $41,000 in his medical bills that Medicare was not covering or Medicaid, excuse me, wasn't covering. And uh, ultimately there were two law cases or two lawsuits involved that had been appealed. And finally the appellate court was just like, let me be clear when a quote command center is put together and <laughs> someone is identified as the commander, that person and their department is responsible regardless of who pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. The court, like the, the opinion was just like, I can't believe we're doing this again for the <laughs> final time. You are responsible because you determined that you were going to play cops and robbers and that you were head cop. I still can't get over the aunt. The aunt. She, she went to the house right after up. SWAT was supposed to have been dispatched. That's so bizarre. Did she but think yeah, they so were that, lawn jockeys and just walked past them? But hey, y'all, did you see this? Oh, excuse but yeah, so that's me. Just trying to donate. get to my, my, my daughter. Excuse my me. daughter. My daughter. My daughter. I know they were in the ant, but, but yeah, that's Jesse. That's Jesse Dimmick, um, and I. I had just a lot of fun um, oh, because Jess. obviously bum, the headings. Bum. The headings were kidnapper sues his hostages for yeah. damages, um, and there was just I almost gave up on this case because I just couldn't find anything more than that. I couldn't find any detail, but luckily, thanks to Justia and uh, like case search, I think is the other one. I was able to read mm-hmm. an appeal from the Kansas sentencing, a criminal appeal, and then one of the appeals um, in that hospital suit where they were suing each other for the medical bills. And I was just like, oh, beautiful. Look at oh, all these facts. Yeah, that's delicious. Thank you so much for that Thank amazing you, story. Thank you, Miss. <laughs> you are I, I also do want to make clear, like, we're clowning on this yes. lawsuit, but I also don't want to – I want to be clear that any – right that anybody particularly an incarcerated person can mm-hmm. assert mm-hmm. uh should be encouraged you know, absolutely yeah. absolutely even if it's completely fruitless you know you've got throw all the spaghetti at the wall if you want to you have they have nothing but time yeah so you got nothing but time so they're gonna file the appeals they're gonna file the the counter absolutely suits. and absolutely uh, yeah you know i can't i mean it's their legal right Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm not going to ever begrudge anybody. No. No. And that's not what this is. Something it, that uh, that they have the right to do. Absolutely. And like, like this is not our opinion in any official capacity. We are just three dumb, dumb friends having yeah. some jokes and clown time. I am a lawyer. I am not your lawyer. And I listening do- to my voice on this podcast does not constitute. Does not make. It's not a professional client relationship. Yeah. And nothing that you listen to me say on this podcast should be construed as legal advice. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. For a professional opinion. Miss, delightful story. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what, miss? Hey, what? You got anything for us? You got anything hmm. spooky, spoopy-oopy? Spoop it up. I sure do. I do, I do, I do, Ooh. I do. Picture it. Hawaii. Uh-huh. The year 2022. <laughs> yeah. Darkness blankets the island of Oahu. And a lone Ooh. hiker. Let's call that hiker miss. Let's not. Let, wait. Okay, number one, miss is not a hiker. So. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I'll story. play along. So All Miss right, 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 right. wanders a forest trail alone. She was separated from her group, and she'd been That's making her way real. through the night with only a flashlight. Uh-oh. Surely the path must be around here somewhere. Oh, no. Suddenly, strange sounds pierce the darkness. First mm. drumming, then guttural chanting, and what? then spine-tingling blasts from a conch shell. As Miss circles frantically peering through the trees in search of the source of the noises, she smells a rotten, sulfuric smell engulf her nostrils. Sorry, that was that was me. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, great job, team. She smells a rotten, sulfuric smell engulf her nostrils. She hears footsteps behind her, followed by the cry, "Kapu!" With no other options, she scrambles to the ground and hides in the Uh. underbrush. Daring to peek out okay. now, after what feels like an eternity, Ooh. the noises pass and all grows quiet and still. Miss okay. all right. slowly crawls out of the brush and thinks to herself, I just survived. I just, yeah. I just survived an encounter with the Night Marchers. Ew! Ooh, the Night Marchers! Ew. The Night Marchers. Oh, that's so scary. Who are they? What's their deal? Yeah, actually, you tell me. What do you think when you hear the word night marcher? I mean, based I hear off someone of who's more adventurous than I. Uh, uh-huh, someone uh-huh. who's pretty true about everyone. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, it sounds maybe militarily um, united. Maybe it's a warrior situation, uh-huh, um, uh-huh, like uh-huh. a like a military parade. Of some kind. Oh, it's almost like that. (laughs) It is the ghosts of generations of high school marching band members. Forever cursed to be singing bananas by Gwen Stefani. Yes. (laughs) The ghostly cries of this shit is bananas. Bananas. (laughs) Like some just okay trumpeting in the background because uh-huh. they're all their high school they're marching trying. band members. They're having a good fun. They're, they're doing throwing their horns best. around. They got tubas. They're marching. They're getting freaky on the bus. So some of what you're saying uh-huh. has to do with the night marchers of this story. But it was most the of what stuff, you're right? saying is complete gibberish. Like what the only thing is real <laughs> is the the marching band stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, perfect. God, I knew I it. I was I got spot it. on. And Gwen is in this port, but not in the and not in the way you think. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome, Gwen. I'm just kidding. So yes, the night marchers, or as they're known, Hukaipo, which are uh, they're known as spirits of warriors from generations past, escorting oh. their nobles throughout the islands. So Edie, you were right. Miss, <laughs> you were also right. Yeah, oh. nice. Yes. Top marks. Um, a plus. Yes. A plus is all. So about. they're like guiding old ghosts are guiding new ghosts. 
So they aren't guiding new ghosts. Okay. They are um, in their former lives. They protected the um, high-ranking chiefs and kings and queens who were so revered and so sacred that no mortal was even allowed to like look at them because they were mm. descendant from gods. Mm. That so the Gwen Stefani's, the Gwen Stefani's of the islands. Got it. Absolutely. Right. So in ancient Hawaii. Processions like these that were announcing the approach of great people were commonplace. They happened a lot. You know, such nobles are called ali'i, and they were believed, like I said, to be descended from gods, and they were believed to possess a def- like a divine power that stemmed okay. from that spiritual energy of those ancestors. So within them, they had greatness. So the ali'i, they would walk across the islands to check in on their lands to like keep up appearances and uh-huh. to give people notice and time to prepare for their incoming marches. Their guards would announce them with drums and with blaring of the conch shells. So that was to give those commoners that were maybe in the pathway to give them time to be as far away from the ali'i as possible because okay. otherwise that could like lead to their immediate death because what? they were so revered. You couldn't fall within their shadow. That's how be- oh, like wow. revered they were. So you so had to like- Very much like back when I was an extra mm-hmm. or was on this a- I uh, did a day on a Bones spinoff mm-hmm. and we were instructed- uh, that we were not to make eye contact with Mr. Boreanaz. Uh-huh. What? Oh, yes. Can't look You're at You're not Mr. allowed David to Boreanaz. look at him? Nope. Mm-hmm. I heard that what? one too. Do not make eye contact with Mr. Boreanaz. Why? Allegedly. Allegedly. What? Because what he had had an affair <gasps> with an extra in the past. So now and he's not his even wife- allowed to. Yeah, the Jezebel tempted him to stray. <laughs> oh God, from isn't that nice? His wife. Mm-hmm. Is so that the onus is now on us? Yes, the meat it suits. Couldn't, it couldn't have possibly been his fault he or just, action. He just absolutely fell into it. He uh, was. It was her fault entirely. So now we were not to make eye contact with Mr. Boreanaz. Mm-hmm. It's yep. hysterical. You were not to make eye contact. Yeah. Hysterical. <laughs> I'll never ever forget it. And my partner's an enormous Buffy fan. And so when Aww. whenever we do watch the show every once in a while and we're like angels on angels the screen. Dick. I'm like, oh, fuck that fucking guy. Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. his hair, fuck his face, and fuck his eyeballs that I was not permitted to peer into. Don't even look at him. <laughs> so very not unlike David Boreanis and yeah, your back on acting like- days. They are almost interchangeable, in fact. It's basically the same. <laughs> it's absolutely just, um, there's no difference. Nah, not a difference. So that tradition of the warriors escorting and announcing the arrival of these noble people in their living life carried on into their afterlife. And that's where the night marchers come in. That is where the tradition okay. happens, where they're at night. Hmm. Because if you were a more respectable kind of noble person, 
that was walking through or making your rounds, you know, hopefully you would opt to go more so at night when there would be less chance to possibly have to kill one of your commoners. That's fair. That's fair. Um, And if they're up that late, it's their fault. Uh Truly. Truly. What were you, you know better. Be gone. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, just because you can't sleep doesn't mean you get to go out and pretend like you're a warrior. All right. Get inside. Get inside. Nothing good happens outside. So legend yeah, has it that they outside. tend to appear mostly during the last four Hawaiian moon phases as oh. the moon wanes to blackness. And those pro- mm. uh, processions are from typically from their bur- burial grounds to other sacred sites and cultural spots around the islands. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I read that some of those sites were places known as Kaina Point and Kalama Valley, amongst okay. others. Okay. Interesting. Uh-huh. They are still dressed in battle. So that means they, they okay. are do- adorned with helmets and feathered capes and armed with spears and clubs. And these night marcher spirits beat their loud drums and blow conch shells mm. just as they did in their mm. living lives to announce, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, They're, what's get the coming. fuck out of the way. Sounds. Hey, better people are coming. Get the F out of the way. Get out of here, shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> and, and local lore is that um, you can either see them coming from their torches in the distance. Sometimes you can't see them at all if it's foggy out. Sometimes you can only hear them approaching with their drums. Ooh, but if you are unlucky enough to not see them approaching and they are within your path, if you hear them shout, Oia, which means, mm-hmm. you know, basically, let's get them. It's like, let them be no. pierced. No, um, no. Then that could be like the last <laughs> thing that you ever hear. I don't want to be pierced. I don't want to be pierced. Me. Don't pierce me, ghost. You might get pierced. <laughs> and they mean it too, like getting pierced, because most terrifyingly, people have said if you don't show the, like, the proper deference or to somehow yeah. um, prevent them from looking at you, they can just release this hot bright energy out of their eyes that basically just disintegrates you. I'm sorry. Oh are God. we talking about lasers? Ghost I, lasers? Magic lasers. What, what is science, but just magic by another name. Magic. Right. Yeah. So well, that's knows? how David Boreanaz kills his victims. Uh-huh. That's how David does it. That's how David B does. David B does what David B does. Mm-hmm. And don't fucking don't, look don't, at him. Don't look watch him, him do it. But Edie, for the record, I did myself hear that out and about in the City of Angels when I did some background acting there too. There you go, confirmed allegedly. Allegedly, confirmed. do not. And look I David worked in the on eye. an episode of Bones. I he was there. Um, he was working, but I don't. I was never in a position where I could have been in eye contact with him. Well, you didn't turn into a pile well, they of laser at you dust, and, like, well, and, so and I lived to tell the tale. Look at him. No, yeah, you lived to tell the tale, so you did right. not make eye contact with Mister Boreanaz. Nope. And Edie, apparently, you did too. Yeah. I survived. Yeah. <laughs> so, getting back to the I name purchase, <laughs> um, they would. Ins- <laughs> we've been we've been really good about keeping on. Yeah. It's been so good. Great. <laughs> so if you don't show the proper deference, then they could just look at you and disintegrate you with their eye, like magic. 
And the best way. How do you show the right deference to them? So in order to show the right deference, you you need to, uh, what local legend is, you should, what you should do is strip naked and lie face down. Mm -hmm. Nice. No. And what would even help the situation Mm. is if you were to, you know, peer poo on yourself (laughs) as you're lying naked. What? No, just kill me. Just kill me. Just kill me. I mean, I'm shy. No, kill again, me. This is do not, not saying you lay. have to do it in their presence. Duke. This is just saying if you have, if want to potentially survive, you should try that. I guess I don't. And there's still no guarantee. I guess I don't. It's a Duke or die. So this isn't a there's mandatory still a Duke thing. Duke or die, and you sit still dying. Dookie or Nuki? Dookie or Nuki? Dookie or Nuki? Just Nuki me. Just laser eye me. Laser eye me the F out. It's like, you know, people talk about like, oh, in a zombie apocalypse, I would carry around like a hatchet or like, I would do like. In a zombie apocalypse, I am dead. I am absolutely immediately shooting myself in the head. head. I am not trying to live through it. Thank you, Edie. I am on board with that. The Walking Dead, how and why would that last for like 14, 15 years? Just kill yourself. (laughs) Some people have stronger. No, but why no. would they want to survive? Instincts. It is we are not. Just let them no, that's just me. life. That's just life. What is even the point? It's then? just life. No, just... no. Get me out. I am not adaptable. <laughs> what? <laughs> so a couple more things that I learned about uh, night marchers are that they respect bloodlines. So if you are extremely fortunate oh, yeah. to be distantly related oh. to one of those ghostly warriors that are approaching mm. you. Legend is that they can stand over you and they can shout Nau, which means mine. And the other um, night marchers just keep walking back. Oh. These warriors are feared so much that Islanders actually are told never to mention them after sunset because <gasps> that could inadvertently call them to their, their uh, presence. Like Bloody Mary. Oh, pretty oh, much yeah. in that kind of uh, like kind of fear. Candyman. Some people even Candyman. say Candyman. whistling Candyman. at night can also call them, so they don't whistle. So that's I don't know. That's pr- there's so much more to talk about night marchers wise, like um, uh, other ways to try to avoid them. It's really fascinating. So I um, I am going to list all the sources that I found online regarding night marchers that sure. hopefully everyone's you know gets a chance awesome. to look at and read more about them because they're actually. Super terrifying, but it's more so from a kind of respect standpoint than it is from a ghostly kind of terror standpoint. Kevin, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, that was a really great story. story very of Night Marchers. Yeah. I've never heard of them before. I think that's very cool. Show deference to your elders, so long as they deserve it. And um, just get under those leaves, y'all. If yeah. you hear something, get under the leaves and, and pray. You got a little bit of pee-pee. Um, yeah. Yes. But yeah, I'd never heard of them. I thought that was a great story. That's really interesting. I love like cultural ghosty thingies like that. Very cool. Me too. I had never heard of yeah, it. These are like official ghosts. Yes. Like like real like special. But also, how terrifying! Ghost. I mean, so they're doing exactly what they did in 
their nine to five job when they were alive, but for all of eternity. Yes. Oh, that's the scariest that's part. True. Like, that's true. But to be fair, forever. To be fair, they weren't accountants. They were warriors. I feel like being a warrior yeah, has a lot cool. more identity. Well, for all eternity? Than like. Doing the same sure, thing? Sure, but like it was like an honor and you you went you did it because it was an honor and you died because it was an honor to die i think it would be i think it's different if you're in a military position you know like at a certain point you want to like get Maybe your watch and retire you, you know can. like here's because you live in hawaii true. for christ's sake enjoy you it you live in hawaii you want to enjoy it and you're but just you're like sorry i'm just like still path. in the navy lasering people uh-huh. who don't shit themselves fast You're just like, enough. do we like have to with all this shit? You know. So that's what I think that wouldn't be a cool gig, unfortunately. Please. Yes. So episode 15, take two, officially. Take two, hopefully, uh, now that we've all sequestered into our own homes and that we're nowhere near each other, um, things recorded correctly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, And we really appreciate it. We appreciate your patience. Thanks for humoring us and and for waiting uh, a whole week. We appreciate it. Um, And like we said, we have another one coming out right now. Yes. At the same time. So don't touch that dial. Just let it flow. And like if you're done listening to them, you could also maybe give us a cute little – a cute little rating. um, Yes. Give us a faster rating. uh, what Five stars or review. I will send the night marchers after you. Yes. Yeah, Edie's going to come for you. And you don't want it. You don't want no, it. We don't no. want it. It's a lot of paperwork. So just do it. You can mm-hmm. also reach us on all of our socials at the same thing at Creepy Inquiries Pod, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, all of the above. Um, thank you for being here with us. Thank you again, uh, Edie, for really, joining really us. Appreciate so much. So excited that you were thank here. Thank you. It's a pleasure always. as always. And now that I have burrowed. <laughs> yes. Into your podcast home. Yes. Yeah, we evoked um, you three times. Yep, yep. Now <laughs> I've I've refurbished the basement. Uh-huh. It's for me now. Yeah, yep, I changed yep. the lock, so the basement just it's it's mine. It's Edie's cave. So good luck evicting me, assholes. Squatters right. Squatters right. Thank you so much. I'm so, so thrilled to be on the podcast every single time. Uh, And I look forward to seeing you again real soon. Oh, and until then. Yeah. Goodbye.